I want you guys to realize that if you feel like there's something there, go back and go dig into it. You need help doing it, by the way, but go back and dig into it and uncover what really happened and uncover who you really are and take that it happened to me and turn it, in, turn it into it happened for me. Mental Purpose community, welcome back to the show where our mission, Mental Purpose mission, is to elevate, educate, empower, enrich, and evolve men to be on purpose so that they can reveal their most authentic selves and live their most fulfilling and regret-free lives possible. It's cool. It's awesome. My guest today is Scott Ramage from the Brotherhood of Fatherhood, and we're going to be talking about everything and anything, being a dad, having a dad, stuff that we were taught, stuff that we wish we were taught, and we would get really deep into fatherhood and marriage and business and entrepreneurship and what to teach your kids and how to teach your kids. It's a really cool episode. Um, I want to make these intros quicker. So before I tell you about Scott, you know about the free resources? One, this podcast. It's your number one free resource. Number two, joining the Men on Purpose Facebook community. So stop, put pause right now, jump in, do it on your phone, do it really quick. The Mental on Purpose community on Facebook, that is your ecosystem. It's your resources for all things Mental on Purpose and Front Runner. And that's it. Just do it. Just be on purpose and do it. We have so many cool things in there, so many products and coaching and offers and really cool stuff going on that if at a certain point in your life you feel like you need something, we've got something for you. If you don't, then just listen for free and take the free stuff. It's great. Either way, we know that we're helping and we want you to just feel like you can take advantage of whatever you need to level up your life. So Scott is my guest today. He's a co-owner of VAs for Gyms and, and Media Machine, a company that provides virtual admin services to small business and coaches. What a cool, what a cool company. Scott's a productivity nerd. He loves leveraging systems to get more done in less time. He's passionate about helping men become business leaders in their homes uh, and communities. And that's why he co-founded the Brotherhood of Fatherhood, which is a group for men to help each other step up and lead. He's the host of the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast, Stories That Sell podcast, and co-hosts the Principles of Growth podcast, which by the way, all three of those you need to check out. He's been married for 25 years. He has two teenage boys. He enjoys lifting weights, rucking, snowboarding, mountain biking, and traveling with his family. Now, with that said, Scott and I are going to get deep into trauma and past conditioning and bullying. You name it, we're getting into it. And this one is not just for dads out there. This is for uh, aspiring fathers. This is for people who have trauma from their fathers, whether their fathers did or didn't do. So this episode is for everybody, even though we're going to be talking from a father's perspective, you're still going to gain a lot out of it. That's it. Welcome to the Mental Purpose Podcast. Enjoy. All right, Scott. So I was on your podcast, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. It was kick-ass. It was great, man. <laughs> and uh, and I thought, conversation. you're on such a great mission like we are. And we got to support each other mm. to help guys out there or to lead or to be a model for guys out there. If they choose it, whatever. Some guys don't. They want to be not on purpose. That's cool. There's nothing wrong with any of that. The thing that we like to say is that if you're not living the life that you truly want, if you don't have the money, the relationships, the relationship with yourself, the results that you're looking for, then changes have to be made. 
or stop complaining about it. Because I know some broke ass people, and I don't mean just in money, I mean broke people. Mindset, habits, rituals, money, job, and they're actually happy because they don't give a shit. They're like, fuck it, man. I I I live in a forty thousand dollar house in the middle of wherever, and I'm cool because my grandkids live next door, and I don't care. I don't need much, and that's awesome. They also don't complain about their lives. Now I'm sure that they complain when they're like watching Jerry Springer or something noon on a Tuesday, but, <laughs> <laughs> but they're not out in the world screaming from the rooftops like the world has to change, like most people are. Right. It's not the world. It's you. It's so funny you said that because when you said, I don't care that they're not living and I'm like, sit in my head, I'm sitting like, I don't either, but I don't want to hear them bitch ass whine about things. I don't want them to say, yeah, but you had a dad who was awesome. You don't know what it's like to have a dad that was in prison. I get this all the time. And that's, that's where I draw the line. It's like, dude, if you are happy being miserable and you're not in a place where you want to change, fine but stay out of our way <laughs> yeah embrace that shit embrace it it's right. so, and there's nothing again there's nothing wrong with it it's just if the formula that you're running your life by is not getting you the results you want then try something new that's all you got to do that's all we're asking as self-proclaimed leaders of this men's movement right we're asking for people to take action in some capacity change you evolve you in some capacity so i want to kind of i want to step back into your life and like how did this path how did this move like how did you get onto this path this mission this movement like go go way back because the audience wants to hear your your shit man the yeah. stuff that you just trudged through right well my my the worst part for me was my early when i when i had kids when i started having kids that was really where I look back, I'm like, oh man. But you know, I I didn't I didn't have the the perfect childhood, but I'm gonna tell your listeners right now. I had a great father, awesome example, um, great household. We weren't rich, but I felt rich inside. Yeah. Um, was provided for. I had all all sorts of great opportunities. I got into skateboarding. My dad built a half pipe. You know, it was like he's one of those guys, like just yeah. stellar upbringing. School sucked balls. Straight yeah. up school was, I have so I had had, I'm going to say had so many scars from elementary middle and middle school. Like I went back and, and doing some story work on myself and going through these situations. I became a, I was a, I was absolutely a, a victim of things. And here's what happened a couple of years ago. And I know I'll go more into the story, but I want you guys to realize that if you feel like there's something there, go back and go dig into it. You need help doing it, by the way, but go back and dig into it and uncover what really happened and uncover who you really are and take that it happened to me and turned in, turn it into it happened for me. Because when I rewrote those stories, I go back and I look, wow, I became a teacher in public education because my teachers were horrible to me. I had a few good ones, yeah. but I had a horrible experience. 
And then I changed that because I was not able to make the change I wanted to make because of the system after a while. And then I failed at some businesses and I failed at things. And I look back at all of these things that happen now. I'm like, those were all for me. Those have forged me into who I am. And those have made me so freaking passionate about making sure that, um, that other guys going through this stuff can identify it sooner, get in front of it and live the life they're destined to learn. So for me, I had a wonderful upbringing. You know, things happened at school. It had a lot more to do with being a victim rather than being a uh, individual and realizing that a lot of those things weren't yeah. because I, I was doing anything wrong. It was because other people had problems. But the reason I started the brotherhood of fatherhood was twofold. Number one, I sucked at parenting when I became a parent. Um, and I've learned that when you become a parent, it's a new thing. I had a dad who, who showed me how to do it, but there's still no manual. And he didn't say, Hey, when your kids are born, do X, Y, and Z. No one does that. No. And parenting brings out all these emotions and most of them are unknowns. What happens to men when they have unknown emotions going on, or they don't know to handle a situation, several things, avoidance and anger are two of the biggest ones I think men deal with. And I had both of those didn't know how to deal with the situations. I didn't know how to deal with the extra noise, the extra hours, extra stress, the sick baby, the wife going through hormonal things. So the other thing that I did, which is pretty common, I found after talking to hundreds and hundreds of men, is I started a business. I was working full-time as an educator and I also started a business. So I just piled on in the name of providing for my family. And I provided so much for my family money-wise that I was completely yeah. absent, 100% absent. I told a story the other day on a podcast where it was Halloween. There was a downtown Halloween um, parade. My business was downtown. My wife brought my two little boys to my business, which was a bike shop downtown. And I'm like, hey, and she's, they're all dressed up. Let's go do this thing. And I'm like, uh, I got a rep coming and he's going to give me a bunch of swag. So you guys go ahead. I, I would give up those opportunities in the name of business. And, and I yeah. even uh, would leave. This happened more than once on Christmas day. Someone would text me, Hey, I want to get my kid a bike and we failed. Can we come get one now? I'd leave my family and go yeah. tell them something. So my priorities were really screwed up. And I looking back now, I was escaping and trying to control of course. totally in the wrong way. So my scars well, really are from that period. Before we go too far into that, you said so many things there. I, I want to go back because there's there's something that I thought about, which by the way, that that business owner was me too. Yeah. Running, escaping, avoiding. In um in our curriculum, Aaron and I have a exercise called the angles of avoidance. Mm, and, that's good. And you uh and you can you contrast or compare what you want to do in the result to like what you actually do, like running, you say you want to be the family guy, but you're running off to your business at every moment that like you say that the family matters, but you'll drop the kids on Christmas to go sell a bike to somebody and make what 50 bucks, a hundred bucks. Oh, right. So now, now yeah. you're saying that your kids, you're basically the relationship with your kids is not even worth 50 to hundred dollars. Like that's craziness. 100%. But I want to go back to something deeper than that. Because you said, I had a pretty good childhood. It wasn't crazy. I had the dad that did everything. And I think what scares, and you still had issues, what scares me as a dad is I'm that dad. 
and you're that dad, like now I'm that, I wasn't that dad. How do we, um, well, let's get, let's get the Genesis. What was it about school that traumatized you that made you the victim? Like, what was it bullying? Was it the teachers were assholes or picking on you? Did you just not fit into the system or was it all those things? So, I mean, a lot of men I know didn't fit into the system. A lot of entrepreneurs, self-starters yeah. would just sit outside of that box. I did fine. I was fine academically. Yeah. I have never done what everybody else did because that's what was cool to do. I had my own style. I wore vans before kids wore vans. I, you know, I dressed up more at like fourth grade. I was wearing button up shirts. It wasn't nerdy. It was just clean cut. Um, and yeah, yeah. I was be. also, I've, I'm short, like, Hey, look, whatever. But that makes it for an easy victim. It makes for an easy target when you're an individual and you, you, you your size is an easy, is an easy pick. So in yeah. elementary, that was a problem. Um, my dad was phenomenal, but I'm not sure that he, like you and like me, I talk to my kids about, Hey, this is something I failed at in life. And I I'm taking yeah. every opportunity to teach them and talk through my failures and my accomplishments. And then with them, I'm talking through concepts that even as teenagers, they're having a really hard time understanding, but I'm talking through them over and over and did over. Your dad, did your dad talk about emotions and feelings with you? You know, he was an emotive person. And very supportive, but not how to handle those. Cause that's a that's really what I mean. conversation to have. Um, yeah. Yeah. So in elementary, uh, the very first thing that was really hard was I tried out for football. I got to practice late. I got the last helmet. It was probably two sizes too small. And I put it on my head and sat through practice and had such an immense headache that I quit. I never went back oh. immediately from that point on. Those are the same teachers I had for the rest of the year. Guess what? I was the little You're wuss who couldn't get through a first day. And now, yeah. you know, uh, that's on me. Like I look back, I'm like, yeah, they, but it was that, that, you know, old school teaching environment. It was in a country school, middle school, dude, it was rough because I was skilled in skateboarding and I loved it for the fact that I was good at it and I enjoyed it. And I was also really skilled in wrestling and I had a, um, I was undefeated in wrestling and I'm like, Hey coach, I'm going to quit. So I'm seeing a pattern here. Are you seeing a pattern here? I'm going to quit because yeah. I want to skate. And in front of the class, he called me a pussy and told me hmm. that, um, you know, I'd never amount to anything. And I was a gay skater, dude. Wow. I mean, all the, the 90s, 80s, 90s things around skating, but I was good at it. Um, and I also got called out on another teacher because uh, it was an assignment I did and I put my heart into it and I didn't really like school. I didn't really care. And, um, and I put actually a lot of attention to this because I was really excited about it. I got up and within the first three minutes, she told me, shut, shut uh, sit down because the person I picked was stupid to do a biography on. And yeah. uh, in front of the class, eighth grade, that's pretty harsh. What kind of shitty school was this? It is, it's in Oregon and, in the, and it's just old school forever teachers, yeah. very small minded. Look, I'm, I was a public educator. I don't want to beat down on public educators because there's some amazing ones no. out there, but as in but general, few and far between in the, in general, they're just sit inside the box, do, do what you have to yeah. do to get work, the pension. You're happy with the paycheck you're going to get. And I just right. never fit in starting from elementary school. <laughs> what do you do? What do you do? There's so many places we could go. Like, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what do you do with, um, cause I was that kid, man. Like most mm -hmm. of us who are entrepreneurial today, most of us who, who are naturally defiant 
again, I walk that edge. Um, something you said really kind of triggered me, which was, um, you'll never amount to anything. You'll never be successful. Like you're, you're like a born loser and you quit, you quit on everything. You don't stick with anything. Unfortunately, the person that told me that was my mom. Yeah. And she didn't mean anything. She didn't mean it to be hateful or nasty. She, she, that was her level of skill at that time. Obviously she has different skill today, but as an eight-year-old kid playing water polo and swimming, like, you know, eight days a week, um, sometimes two a days practices. Cause I was, I was super, super good. Um, I didn't want to do it anymore. And my ADD brain likes variety. So I wanted to go out and try Damn. different things. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. And I, all I heard was you never stick with anything. You know, you let you quit everything. You never stick with anything. You got to stick with it. So one of the things that I did with my daughter, when she said that I want to skateboard, you know, and I said, cool. Um, I'm thinking about my mom saying to me, you quit everything because I know my daughter, my daughter is me to a T. I know she's not going to stick with this most likely, but there's a chance she will. How do I let her, how do I let the, let the rope out and go, Hey, your rope, let's go, go do your thing. But also keep a tolerance of like teaching her foundational skills that, that are going to help her. So I said, okay, let's make a deal. I'll get you the skateboard and all the pads and all that. You have to, you, the deal is you commit to five private lessons with, with our buddy, Matt Miller, who's a ex pro skater. Matt will teach you for an hour. So you have five hours of private lessons at the end of the fifth hour. I'm going to go get you a cake pop at Starbucks and you can make a decision whether you would like to continue or not. That's how you and do that's it. That's what I, that's what I wanted as a kid. Like, Hey, I get it. You want to try a bunch of different shit. Cool. I support you. And I'm, and I want to empower you to be consistent, but also I want to empower your integrity to your commitments. Absolutely. Now, what about the other side to that? That when, when somebody said to me, like, you don't, you can't, you always, you never, my answer in my mind was like, fuck you. Watch me 100%, you know? And like, I feel like today, and probably for you too, that natural defiance has driven me and like kind of brought me to where I am today. I've had to, I've had to tailor it. Well, but like, how did that help you? It did. I mean, honestly, um, even going all the way back to like fifth grade, a kid was relentless and it was to the point like, Hmm, what am I going to do here? Am I get bullied every day? Or am I just going right. to not care about the rules? And I just decided not to care about the rules. All whatever size of me, you know, standing up to his chin, I kicked him in the balls and punched him in the face. And he yeah. never bothered me another day again. And from that day on in, in elementary, I was golden. In, yeah. in middle school, exact, I took not the, the bully on face on. Like, okay, you're 10 times bigger than me. I don't care. We're going to scrap it out. And I got in trouble in school. But really, the... Um, the, what I do with my kids now is the same thing. You want to play basketball? You're in it for the season. That's the commit you, you make with the coach. Yeah, if you don't like it, like you're going to, like life isn't always easy and fun. We're going to stick to our commitments. But I'm, I want my kids to have as, I don't, my kid could be a professional um, skate, skater, ice skater. <laughs> I don't know. We have to give yeah. them that rope to go out, yeah. but we don't, I love the setting parameters. Um, yeah. 
and exposure, like exposure, 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 because I love change too. And I love, I love looking at new things and trying them. And and if I'm not good, okay, I'm going to move on. Um, But I think it's just discussion, setting parameters, setting guidelines, and then discussion, and then having those clear places. But there's so many lessons in failure. And we have to teach our kids, it's okay to fail as long as there's a lesson and you're you're failing up. And that's really the point. I'm trying to work with, with my kids who are now teenagers. And it's the same thing. Now the, the, the hard part for guys like us, when you, when your kids get to be teenagers, uh, there's some just BS. The teacher. I don't want that dude. I cannot. <laughs> so my kid will come home and say, teacher said this, and this is how this went down. And I'm that's wrong. You go. Yeah. I mean, I'm just like, you know, and I'm like, I'm having to tailor, pull that back in and be like, okay, how can you approach this? And it's been a really good lesson for me, but um, it's it's gonna <laughs> it's gonna get rough when you're. Well, dude, in middle I, I can tell you though, I, I've been very. This is another thing that I kind of think about a lot. Is like I've been I've been very clear on the type of education that I want for her, and my wife is we're very aligned with that. So we go out and we seek that type of education, that type of educator, not teacher, but educator. Mm-hmm. And I think she's at a really amazing school uh, in LA. And I think at the middle school level, when, that, when this school kind of ends at, I think, like sixth grade, we'll just have to find another school. We'll be as purposeful as possible. And I'm sure that our limitations or our, our purposefulness in choosing a school for her is going to damage her in another way. Oh, dude. That going to public school would damage her in this way and going to this private school, like, it doesn't matter. Here, here's what I want to ask you. Did you ever feel like your parents weren't protecting you? Do you ever feel like every time you got, you had to get up in the morning and go out to school, you're like, fuck man, I'm on my own. Like they can't no. help me. They're not helping me. No, because they always listened. They didn't have solutions and they always yeah. listened. But even like when I scrapped it out in middle school and got in trouble, but I still had laid a line down. I still said, put my foot down. This is not, this is not going to happen anymore. Yeah. They're kind of like, yeah, Okay. I mean, they were, they were disappointed, but they also knew the circumstances. So I never felt that way. I'm super blessed. Did you want more? Did you want more from them in that, in those moments? Like, did you want them to advocate or go fight the school for you? Or like, what did you want from them in that moment? You know, it's a, it's really interesting because I think about that a lot and I don't recall really feeling that way, but looking back now, I'm like, I wonder if how much they did. And maybe I just wasn't paying attention because I just, yeah, like, let's get through this. I'm going to go skate or let's get through this. I'm going to go play soccer, whatever it was. Cause those were my two things I loved. So, you know, I haven't really delved into that because I don't feel pain there. And, yeah. um, I, like I said, I, I, I think there's a lot of people that don't aren't as blessed as I am growing up, but I think there's such an incredible message there too, is that look, even guys who had really great upbringings have struggles and mess up. And, uh, well, so, trauma is trauma. You yeah. could be loved on or beat on. It's still trauma. Like you'd be loved on too much or beat on too much. It's still trauma. I, I realized that a part of the part of the trauma, like I had a great childhood. I thought, you know, my mom's, a, my mom has her challenges. My dad has his challenges. They both are running from their pain and fear. But really the biggest trauma for me was my dad's complete abundance mindset. Anything's possible, man. Like that's why oh, it's wow. just limitless possibilities on my arm. Like, it's a shit tattoo, but like I got, I want everything and anything you possibly want. It's limitless out there. You can go get it. You can figure it out. It's in your brain. Let's go. Right. 
Oh. And my mom was like, let's cut pennies in four quarters so that we can save as much as possible scarcity mindset. That probably was the most traumatic thing for me because I'm like out here with my dad, over here with my mom, trying to figure out how to protect my mom from not like as I made money as, you know, I live in LA and I live in a great neighborhood. Like my, my parents coming out here, still the same thing. Yep. There's the scarcity and the, and the, and the abundance. Now I just know different and I, I know more and I can teach them, but that's the challenge for my children is I take my kids down Mulholland drive to drop them off at school. One of the most famous roads in the country, if not the world, people travel here and pay money to get brought up to this road to ride down in a van with no windows. You know, it, this is their, this is my commute in the morning to school. And the thing that I think about is how do I, how do I put struggle into my kids' lives so that they actually have to work for something? And how do I get them to not take this life for granted that they're, that like I worked hard to provide. That's probably something that's going to be traumatic for them. So you just unearthed a bunch of stuff. So we're going to be all over the yeah. board, but I think, this yeah, is, yeah. <laughs> I think this is really fun. So first of all, my dad is an entrepreneur at heart. He's a craftsman and he likes making things. And so he owned a business for 50 years. Um, okay. My mom, and I'm not going to share this episode with my parents, <laughs> riddled in fear, riddled right. in fear, uh, lived in poverty and has absolutely that limited mindset. Guess what happened? Is my dad would do something and fail. Yeah, dude. And he kept, he kept bringing down. So I have seen him over the years. He has these ideas, but he's like, but I'm not going to do it. And so he's come down. So I've been, honestly, one of my biggest things that I've worked through in the last years is that poverty mindset, that fear mindset, that limited mindset. Yeah. It's not limitless. It's lim very limited. And as soon as I've worked through that, things really took off. But um, that's really hard when your parents, when you watch one and you kind of had the same thing, but my dad yeah. didn't live that. Like he, he broke that down really, really fast because he was so mom was his number. My mom was his number one. And I, I, yeah. I believe that's a very important thing, but instead of, of living to a place where uh, he was functional in that he, he undid that function to meet her where yeah. she was at. And I think that's a dangerous place as well. Um, yeah. So that was really, really, really difficult for me in my adulthood, pursuing sure. businesses and not quite understanding. Like, I think there's a point where I was okay not making a lot of money. The business was doing great. I was paying a lot of other people great money, but yeah. I was okay because, you know, money's not a good thing. So that was a little bit of a, a, of a, of a problem that I had. Um, for sure. But for my kids, I talk to them about mindset around money. I talk to them about their mindset around fear. I talk about their limiting beliefs. I talk them through breathing. I talk them through um, yeah, failure. Like, dude, I, I, I pray every day that my boys will have some sort of failure in the day and that they'll yeah. learn from it. And that's a really hard place to be for a father. Really hard. It's not though. When you think like, <laughs> what's going to get like, they broke their arm failure. It's like, I, I didn't, I didn't hit this. And then to, I think you're doing the right thing. And cause that's what I'm doing. It's like, I want to walk them through the cycle, fail, succeed, fail, succeed, course, correct, evolve, fail, succeed, fail, succeed, like, you know, learn more, 
Yeah. But I think it's really important. What we're illuminating here is that everybody listening to this, if you're working a business that is not making, that doesn't have the results you want, like we talked about in the beginning, if you're in a job that you hate, you got to go back to mom and dad. You have to go back to mom and dad. It's not high school that fucked you up. It's your parents that fucked you up. Yeah. Because they're your first model. That's how you form your, 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 your wiring. Well, and then these subsequent things messed you up too. Yeah. Well, there's gifts and there's gifts and things that screwed us up, right? There's sure. sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's really what separates, separates men who are going to make a difference through their kids. Uh, One is the, um, uh, the, Look, I don't know if you agree with me or not. So this is a great conversation because I don't have to yeah. agree with me on everything. We were talking about yeah. that a little bit. Like I used to fear that someone wouldn't agree with me. I'm like, okay, bring it. I don't care. I don't believe we are, we are, we should be raising kids. I think our mindset should always be that we are raising future adults that are going to kick ass in the community. They're going to be I'd different. On that. So yeah, like that takes away per- protection. I mean, we have to, we are charged to protect our kids. We have to protect them sure. physically, but it is hard to say, like, I hope he fails at this, or I hope some <laughs> kid's a complete jerk to him and he learns how to deal with it. I mean, it's still hard, but it's what totally. I want. It's what I want. Well, I take the Sarah Blakely uh, philosophy where her family, her dad asked her every night at the dinner table, would you fail out today? Would you fail out today? Oh, that's good. I do it a little differently. Um, by the way, it's a great episode on how I built this. Sarah Blakely's episode on how I built this is an NPR podcast talking about how she built Spanx is powerful as shit. I mean, self-made billionaire, never took crazy. a dime from anybody. Oh yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, beautiful story. But she says, I wasn't afraid to fail because my parents made failure an everyday occurrence. Hmm. Like I had to go out and seek failure to learn every day. So here it's... Um, Hey, Alice, what did, what did you not do as well as you wanted to do today? And she'll say, I wanted to make the, I, I was in woodworking. She's six. She was in woodworking at school. <laughs> I was in woodworking and I really wanted to make this birdhouse and it doesn't look like a birdhouse. And I'm like, cool. What'd you learn from it? Well, I, I learned that I have to draw. I have to learn how to draw better. Great. Awesome. That's so fantastic. You know, like, and we're reinforcing that. There's never going to be a perfect way. I'm just taking all the shit that I wish I had when I was a kid seeing the the specific pieces that align with that kid who I was and I'm fueling them a little differently. I'm asking different questions around them. I'm still not a perfect parent. I still mess shit up all the time. I still like catch myself in patterns that are my dad, like quick to get fired up. And I think I'm doing a, a pretty damn good job at it because You're my kids are it. like, well, very, yeah, I'm intentional with it. We're intentional yes. with it. Like kids aren't a byproduct of sex. They're an intentionality. And yeah. even if you had a, there's no accident kid. There's no like, oh shit, misfire. And I got, you know, pregnant. Like, no, no, no. There's an intentionality there, whether it's universal God-based or in your subconscious, like there's an intentionality. So your intentionality from that day forward has to be, how am I going to parent a future adult? I love the way you say that. How am I going to parent a future adult? How am I going to raise this kid differently than I was raised, but not out of spite, anger, fear, or resentment, but out of like, these are the things that I would have loved when I was a kid. And I'm very cognizant of that. So I'm not going to repeat the same bullshit behaviors and habits and mindsets that my parents did, 
I'm going to actually change the game here because I'm raising a future man or woman on purpose. You know what I mean? That's what I think. I'm raising a, a future leader in this mission and movement that I've, that I've been blessed to be on. Let's put it that way. Yeah. You've been blessed to be on. Oh yeah. And I, I will, um, so, so I'll speak to you and anybody who doesn't have teenagers yet. Uh, no matter how much you work on this now, it will change when the hormones change. And I'm not saying this to be a downer. I'm saying this yeah. to be persistent because my kid does not want to listen to me. I have an amazing 17, almost 18 year old and 13, almost 14 year old. And they listen to me. I think they respect me. They were, they love me and I, they're phenomenal, but I have to still say, stop. I know you don't want to hear this, but I need to tell you, I need to, I need you to break apart this and tell me what the worst thing that could happen is out of this when they're, when they're cycling out of control. Or, um, if I haven't like, let me, let me tell you my story thing. I still do that, even though they're like, you know, everything against yeah. it. And I'm just like, okay, it's going to get through and it's working. It's really kind of cool. It's working. But something I wanted to talk about, cause you said, um, you talk about failures, which I think is really good because I talk with my youngest about failures a lot. There's two things that I talk to him about. I'm talking to him about two different types of failures, just the stupid mistakes. Maybe he's playing a basketball game and he bounces the ball off his foot. I take the Ted Lasso approach. If anybody's listened to that, I write down all the quotes mm-hmm. he says, and he's like a mind of a goldfish. It goes away like in three seconds. When yeah. you make a mistake like that, you say something stupid. You, it, it's just a stupid slip up. Mind of a goldfish. Don't let it delay or, or hurt your future steps in that next minute. Like it's done. It's gone. Move on. So mind of a goldfish in that situation. But in other situations where you did make a mis- an error out of, and you had, you weren't, it's more subs, you know, um, it's more consequential. You didn't study for your test. Those are the ones you reflect back on and what should I have yeah. done differently? So we, I'm, I'm teaching intentionality in the way that you're seeing failures because I don't want them to get hung up and not move forward. But uh, the other thing that um, I challenge you to do this, and maybe you already do, in public schools, private schools, and society, what is brought the most, what is the most attention spent on is where we need improvement and where we um, messed up. It's just natural. It's, uh, and, and I can't really go into the details, it would take a while, but basically we're conditioned to really kind of focus on our failures, yeah. not learn from our failures, but just we're like, you know, oh. And compare, but, compare to yeah. So. Yeah. What I started doing, because I went through some coaching program that was awesome, the guy's like, um, have a wind journal. And so I'm like, I don't want a wind journal. Like, I'm not going to do that with my kids, but every night at the table, I need you to tell me one win or great thing that happened today. Guess what? Yeah. It was hard for them because they're so focused on the, in, in their day, focusing on where they screwed up. It's been phenomenal. And now it's boom, it comes out. It's amazing. And it's not always just this great thing. It's like, hey. I made it through practice today without getting upset. That's a huge win. So on the same end, we want to condition our brains to also see the places where we're thriving and feed yeah. our, feed ourselves that fuel. And I even really struggled with that. Like even think, um, as an adult, a challenge to all of you, next time someone gives you a compliment, uh, identify how you feel when someone does that. This is the proof. If someone says, Hey, Scott, that was 
that was the best podcast guest. I actually had someone say this. You were the best podcast, best guest I've ever had. And I was like, I started and I, I went, oh, and I just looked at him. I said, thanks, man. I appreciate that. And normally you say, ah, oh, but you know, whatever or what. And I would challenge you just to say thank you and, and accept it. Accept it. Yeah. Take really it. hard to accept it. Yeah. You know, what's interesting is when someone says, how are you doing? I'll say, <laughs> I'll say like, I, 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 I pay attention to this and, and language is a really big part of our curriculum because language can derail you in an instant. It creates mm-hmm. shit when you create things from language and when someone says, how are you? How you doing? I notice that the mass majority of people say something like, oh, I'm good. Or, and their body language says, I'm not that great. But they're like, yeah, I'm good. Yeah, good. Um, yeah, same old, same old, same old. Not much. I hate that shit. And I'll say it all my coaching clients. I'm like, hey, man, so how are things? Uh, things are going well. What you doing? Not much. Or how are things going? Uh, pretty good. I'm like, things are pretty good. Like, what are you talking about? You're alive. You're having a, you're having a, a, a great month in your business or, you know, you got a brand new baby or whatever. And so I made it a habit to start talking to people. This is years ago when someone's like, hey man, how are you? I'm like, you know, freaking fantastic. I am so damn good. It's not even funny. Oh yeah. You're like business is good. I'm like, no, no, my life is amazing. Even like today, like where I live, I mean, it's, it's like overcast outside, which still doesn't suck. It's 80 degrees out. Like mm-hmm. I'm fucking fantastic. And I have to remind myself of that constantly, constantly. Cause I'm like, well, now I'm, now I'm stuck, like driving down the street and I'm like, well, there's a $50 million house right down the street. There's a hundred million dollar house down the street. Like, man, I can't, I can't afford that yet. I can't do that. Like, I'm like, well, I don't, I actually don't want that. I don't, I don't want any of that shit. I don't want that. I don't want that challenge. I don't want that in my life. I just don't. doesn't mean I can't do it. It just means I don't want it. So I love that. Um, I love like what you're doing for your kids and the foundations you're setting up for them. It's not going to help them be successful. It's going to help them get out of the failure, the pain, the bullshit quicker. Yeah. You're never going to protect your kids from failure or fucking up. You're never going to make them successful because most kids that are highly successful guarantee it have some kind of trauma, some kind of resentment in their brains that drives them like that they have toward their parents. Yeah. I mean, ask, ask many, ask many doctors, lawyers, dentists, accountants, big professional, you know, job titles like that. Yeah. Well, uh, Entrepreneurs, a lot of ADD, a lot of HDAD, learning disabilities, not inside of the box. I mean, there's so much, there's so much there now. Um, I have a buddy or my, my, my son's best friend is high ADHD and I'm like, good dude, you're going to crush it. Like, but that's not how to get it dialed in. Yeah. Like hyper focus. He's super, super hyper focused on something. Then he switched. So this kid could be pro. (laughs) He was, he's like insane on a scooter. He doesn't do that anymore, but insane on his scooter like insane stuff you know double flip type of stuff and i'm like damn and he's like oh i just got tired of it and now he's he's taking photo he's fo- photo- doing fo- photography can't speak doing photography and i'm like dude this stuff kicks ass and so i've learned i was talking to his parents i'm like that hyper focus is going to pay off we just have to teach him how to yeah. use it to pay off but 
Yeah. I, there is a lot of anger based around there. And, and a lot of that is used to excel. I think it, it goes one of two ways, right? It goes completely lose it and don't make anything of yourself and, and a leech of society, or you're going to go crush it. And uh, I choose the latter. You know, I, I wasn't, I wasn't ADHD or hyper, but I didn't fit the mold. And I think I've in, in, I've really used it to help me. I've used it to help me. And, th- and this is where the brotherhood of fatherhood kind of came into play is like, I don't want to join your group. There was other men's. Yeah. I needed a group of men. I'm like, I don't want to join that group. I, I don't like X. And this is how I've always yeah. been. And I didn't pursue looking for a lot of groups, but I don't want that. And I wanted to run, I want to run it my way, but I know that I know that I know that I need a group of men behind me yeah. and I, yeah. a group of men need me. And that's yeah. one of the reasons I, I started this group with my business partner is like, I was talking to him about a young parent and he's like, dude, you, you know, you have so much experience. Men could really benefit from this. And that's how this thing was, was born, which um, I love it has been really fun, but it's really turned into all the things you and I are talking about right now. Like we don't got to get over all this stuff so that we can be. Yeah. There's a, I was diagnosed with, and it's written in my chart with, like major ADD, ADHD, OCD, ODD, oppositional defiant disorder, all this bullshit. But the fact of the matter was I'm fucking bored. One, I'm bored in these boring run of the mill. Yeah, like the town I grew up in in Baltimore. Great. Okay, you have a blue ribbon school. What the fuck is a blue ribbon anyway? Who cares? One and two, does that mean that your teachers are actually really effective in, in connecting with every student? No, you can't be. It's a, it's a factory and I did not fit on that factory uh, conveyor belt. And I was out in the hall. I was the bad kid. I was the kid that couldn't pay attention. That would amount to nothing. And, and like, I think about that and the trauma and the anger and resentment. Like my parents fought for me and advocated for me at school. But I think about like, why the fuck didn't you protect me? Why the fuck didn't you pull me out of there? Like, why did you keep me in a place that you knew I wasn't happy? And I don't like blame them for that. It's just a question in my mind. Like if my daughter came home, well, yeah, yeah. But, but like if my daughter came home every day and said that I'm really unhappy at school, like I'm really, really not happy with these teachers. They, they keep telling me that I'm bad. I'd be like, well, let's find another school. Yeah. Quick. Yeah. The resources. Yeah. The, this, but I also think that, well, we would not my it. dad. I know, but like, but that's a mindset. That's a, that's an understanding of abundance versus I don't think my dad really cared. I think my dad was there for me. And I think I'm not in an insane asylum because my dad was like, just so focused on me all the time when he made free time, it was all about me, which is great. But I feel like there's a keeping up with the Joneses. And I want to talk to you about this too, that most parents make decisions for their kids based on not being out of the click. I mean, I see that, dude, I live in Beverly Hills. Like I see that. Dude, I live in Texas, football country. (laughs) Right, yeah, same thing. Like you don't play football, you're a loser. And the kid's like, but I just wanna, I just wanna do science experiments. And they're like, you're playing football. Cause they don't wanna be the parents that have to answer to the other parents. But think about if you were, if you were confident enough to be like, my kid chose not to play football, Mike. Mike's like, why, why is your kid not playing football? Everybody plays football. My kid chose not to play football, Mike. So you're either cool with that or you're not cool with that, man. 
fuck off. You know, like that's my attitude. I'm going through that right now. The, um, so I, yes, I live in Texas and yes, there's an emphasis on football, unbelievable uh, emphasis on baseball. When my son, my oldest decided to go to high school, he's like, I'm, I want to do, I want to do band. I want to be in the marching band. Well, I didn't know marching band in Texas is like the best in the world. And so, and, and our school is top 10 in the nation. And I didn't know this. And right before it started, he's like, I think I want to do football. And I'm like, dude, that was not fun (laughs) in sixth, seventh and eighth grade. And, um, and he, he's like, I think why, because all my friends are doing it. And we talked to him. He's like, dude, what do you, really want to spend your time doing and it was banned and he found absolute i mean he's working in his genius and this kid is yeah. like but it was so against what was normal we we have here what we call texas red shirt most boys are a year to a year and a half older than they should be in their grade so when yeah. you play football in eighth grade dude you are playing against guys who have mustaches and beards yeah. and you're playing against guys who are fully developed so I've experienced that to an extreme, bringing my kids in, not changing what grade they're going to be in. They're way underdeveloped compared to their, their friends. It's yeah. crazy. And they're going to get hurt. <laughs> well, Mentally, physically, they emotionally. They on the lower team. And, and it, literally, right. I was telling, I was at a basketball game and I told Kim, I'm like, my wife, I'm like, there's the A team, there's the B team. My son's on the B team. They're trying to decide if he's on A or B. But I'm like, you know what the difference here is between A and B? Puberty. That's it. It's size. It's 100% size. size. Yeah. But yeah. um that is a, that's an endless race and it's really hard. And my, my oldest son's like, I don't, I'm not sure I want to go to college. And so I have the same conversation with adults yeah. because of like, what's, what college you could go into. I'm like, I don't know. He's oh. not even sure he wants to. And I 100% support him. Oh my God. They're not going to college. Or well, well, what's his plan? Not? I'm like, I, I'm like <laughs> how much money could I invest in his, in his startup business? If I'm not paying yeah, college, like, think yeah, about that. Think about it, that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, are you well, kidding? My, my in-laws, my in-laws say that to me all the time. And a lot of people not around here, but in Baltimore would be like, have you started saving for college? I'm like, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm always going to produce cash. That's yes. just what I do. And no, I haven't started saving for college because if my daughter's anything like me, she's not going to go to college. She also grows up in a household where her, her grandparents on one side, my family and her mother and I, like we're entrepreneurs. They've never seen me go off to work. They've never seen me sit in rush hour or like do a morning commute. They've never seen that shit. They see me choose a life and build a life on purpose. So how could my kids ever get a job? Now I'll support them on that. Here's the thing I want to ask you. How do you help a kid find or work in that area of genius? Because that's really important. How do you, how do you like hold your hands on the side and like to mold, let the clay mold itself through your, um, almost like not boundaries. Cause that sounds restrictive, but like you're the, what word am I looking for here? You're the, um, you're the parameters almost, but you're not, they're not tight. They're like invisible lines, but you see them. They're like laser beams. You can go through them, but like, Hey, stay right here. This will keep you safe, but you work in here and like, let's find that place that you were really happy. And like the subject you really like in school you don't like math? That's okay. You don't like history? That's okay. Which, by the way, my, my kid's in a school that doesn't have that shit because she doesn't need that. I didn't need that. All I needed to know is how to calculate my commission off of things. 
That's it. I know. You know what I mean? Like, that's all I need to know. I don't need fucking trigonometry and geometry. I don't need that shit. I don't need to know about the Prussian war. I don't need to know about that. And neither does she. Now, my son, if my son wants to be an academic and go to Harvard, daddy's fucking paying for it if he wants that. And if he says, dad, I want to struggle and pay for it, guess what? We're power to you, son. I'm here. I'm here to help you. I'm here to support you. I think it's almost more of of getting rid of the invisible guidelines. I think Mm -hmm. like for me, every opportunity I can get to expose them to something that might be within their genius. Like I haven't found that for my youngest now. I actually think it might be banned because he's really talented and he really wants to do it. I'm like, okay, this is more time consuming than football is even, but whatever. Um, So for me, it was like, okay, I'm going to take you to a place and we're going to shoot shotguns at clay pigeons. I found out my youngest, like good hitting like this is insanity you've hit you've shot a shotgun like twice and i'm like just blowing <laughs> things out of the sky and they're coming in all directions and i'm like okay we might want to pursue that um yeah it's it's the try and and then i'm also not pushing i see how amazing he is at it and i'm just like that guy saying hey there's a club and and i'm waiting and i'm waiting and it's hard and that's the hardest part is knowing that they're really good at something encouraging without overbearing and that's where i found my kids really thrive my oldest he really wants to be an entrepreneur really wants to be an entrepreneur but he's got to be told what to do it's just part of him he won't he won't do something unless he's told what to do and last summer he's like i want to i want to start my own business i'm like okay and i gave him all sorts of ideas and he didn't like them and i'm like you know what hands off so i said you need to get a job so he got a job and it was an evening job, four to 10. And, um, and he came to me one day and he's like, I think I could paint numbers on people's curbs because people around here have that. I'm like, cool, do some research. Yeah. He did the research. By the end of the summer, he's like, okay, I made 60 to $65 an hour painting curbs. Oh, I made, which was awesome, 12, yeah. still really awesome, 10 bucks an hour repairing AirPods and refurbishing them. Okay, cool. Which one did you like better? I had more fun repairing AirPods, but I really like making 65 bucks. <laughs> right, right, right. But I had to let him fail at some of that because he he didn't like self-monitor. He he could have made he could have made 10k this summer. And he he made like 3k. But he didn't okay. push, he didn't market. I gave him marketing ideas, but that yeah. is where we have to go. We have to present opportunities and and yeah. see where they take them and Give them bumpers, like you said, but also yep. let them decide whether they're going to roll over those bumpers sometimes. So it's just. Yeah. Well, the, the, restrict, the, the restrictions, if you want to call them that, like, let's say the laser lines are like, like I, I, I love flying. And the, the lines say, the sky is yours. Just this is a Bravo zone, which is Southwest airline territory. <laughs> Do not go there because Southwest lanes 45 planes an hour. Bop, 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 bop. Right. If you want Bravo clearance, these are the time frames: three to five, nine to eleven, Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, that you can go Bravo clearance into the city limits and fly around Baltimore City. Other than that, do your thing. The sky yeah. is yours. But yeah. if you want to enter Baltimore City, these are the parameters. So that that's that's interesting, and I think one of the challenging pieces for me as like a as a guy that's maintained a lot of control in my life, mm. tried to intended to um because out of control meant scary fear panic anxiety 
if I can maintain control, we're good. My environment, my kids, whatever. We have to let them get into things, even though we know like painting curves is that's that's gonna take you anywhere. But it's, it's gonna scalable. learn something. My my <laughs> I wanted to get a job at a at a detail shop between uh, my summer between high school and Christmas or and Christmas and college. Um, and my mom was like, absolutely not. There's chemicals, the time, you're not going to make shit for money. And my dad goes, go do it, man. That's where your heart's taking you. I don't care if you make five bucks or 50 grand. If you love it, you're going to learn a lot of shit about it. What mm-hmm. you want, what you don't want. And what I learned in all honesty was I learned how this business, like, I'm just curious about like the formulas and systems. And I was like, that business could have generated 10 times the amount of money. The owner's the owners were doing too much. And I watched that and I learned that and I brought it into college and then, you know, honed that skill and brought it into my dad's business in terms of leverage. It was great. And my dad was like, do your thing, dude. You, I made like two grand that entire summer. Do your thing. Go do it. Yeah. I want to change oil and I want to landscape dad. My, my buddy, Chris's dad's company. Um, I want to do that at the same time. Okay. So you're going to work from 5am till seven landscaping. Seven to 12 changing oil at an oil shop or, you know, like a Valvoline. And then you're going to go detail cars until 10 PM. Go do your thing. You're going to learn so much. I'm so happy for you. Go. Absolutely. I think we have to ask questions while they're going through that. So my son doing per painting, he's like, I should have done car detailing because my friend drives Lamborghinis and Ferraris around to do, and he does this and he makes, you know, He's been on TikTok with the, how much do you, or how do you, you know, what do you do for a living? He's, he was yeah, one of yeah. those, but he was the guy cleaning the car. Uh, and I said, <laughs> I said, okay, it, like, let's, let me ask you some questions. You can do it fine. But one thing about my business son is that um, I make money when I sleep and I make right. money when I'm talking to people on right. podcasts. He's like, yeah. oh, I'm like, so you have to think, think about those bigger things. I don't care if you go make money doing landscaping or that, but always ask if you're trying to build a business, always ask, how can you scale? And is, yeah. is it going to live or die on you? Because yeah, when you're older, if you get hit by a bus tomorrow, you still want your family being taken care of. And he's like, oh. yeah, you know, it's interesting. Somebody at school, like I live in a really nice area in LA and somebody at, at my daughter's school, very small school. Um, I, you know, parents probably, I don't know who it was, but like, but parents probably work in their nine to five and, you know, and, um, and my daughter said, this kid asked her where she lived and she told her, my daughter told this kid and, and the kid said, you must be rich. Mm-hmm. So when I picked my daughter up from school and I said to her, uh, she, I was like, how was your day? You know, what did you not, what did you do? So what, what, what did you not do as great as you wanted to today? That was what I asked her. And she said this, this, this. And then I said, uh, what else, what else happened today? How was the day? And she was like, dad, are we rich? And I said, you know, what's interesting is my identity around money happened at about 13 years old. And my dad's company started making a lot. And I was the kid whose parents had the luxury cars now. And I never knew anything about money before that. My parents never taught me anything about money. So now I'm like the kid who has money. I'm like, oh, well, guess what? It gets a lot more attention than the kid who doesn't. So I started sucking that up. So I wanted to make sure that I set a different parameter. And I said, well, let me start with the difference between rich and wealthy. Mm. You want to learn about the difference between rich and wealthy? And she said, yeah. And I said, here's the difference between rich and wealthy. Which one would you choose? And she said, wealthy. And I said, yeah. So 
we are generating and building wealth. Rich is for people that make a lot of money and don't have a future with it. And the money's not making money on itself. And I'm not making money while I sleep. That's right. Wealthy is where money works for you like an employee. And we're making money from many different sources, building wealth for ourselves. So that guess what? Your generation and your children and their children will have cash coming in all the time to fuel whatever ventures they want. Businesses, college funds, world travel, that's wealthy generations. She's like, oh, so that's why you have all the coaching clients and that's why you have the podcast and the business in the Caribbean and the business here. I'm like, yeah, that's why, because I want to generate wealth for us so that I buy my time back. And she's like, okay, I said, wealth equals time. Rich doesn't, in my opinion. Well, my business is based on wealth equals time. I mean, that's, we right. help business owners yeah. do that and I'm not plugging my business, but it's really interesting. No, no, please. I actually have the opposite the actually, actually the complete opposite. I live in a very high end community. Average income in Texas is, I think it's 130 in our, in our town. Um, yeah. just outside it's like 250. I mean, it's, it's a little ridiculous. I think California might be the same, but, um, yeah. it, it's, it's just keeping up with the Joneses is really hard. There is sure. a, there is a HOA type neighborhood one block away and it's huge. And everybody lives in that, that goes to my kids' schools. I live to the one that's not an HOA one block away, still beautiful, nice, great houses. We are seeing the kids are like, are you poor? Why don't you live in Bridalwood? And, mm -hmm. um, and so I have these conversations with my kids. I'm like, look, there's a really good chance that when you look at my yearly revenue, my yearly income, how much money I bring in, I'm probably yeah. doing a lot more than them, but yeah. it's not, it's, it has more to do with the choices we're making. Your mom and I don't value that. That's not yeah. what we value. We don't value the fancy cars. We don't value the big house with the beautiful pool that sits in the place that makes it even more valuable. We value right. actually not having someone tell us that we can't have that kind of, uh, you know, this is my, uh, my rebellion. We can't have a certain kind of mailbox. That's right. That's, right. I, I can't live in that kind of place. And I'm like, like, just let them think what they think. It doesn't matter. Sure. And, um, and it's, those are crucial conversations though, Yeah. that I love that she asked me that and that she didn't start forming good. her own opinion. Like I never asked my parents that one is because I didn't trust that my parents were going to give me that, that I didn't trust my mom to give me the right answer because I, I always felt better when my dad gave me an answer. And I didn't know if my dad would give me the answer that would make me feel good. So I just, I formed my own opinion yeah. and it was dangerous. It was really dangerous. So I, I, I feel like we are very benefit. Uh, we're um, uh, blessed and, and I'm super grateful that my kids asking me questions like that. You know, here's, here's something I want to leave with though. If someone's listened yeah. this far and they are a corporate man or they are an inside the box job type, type of person and you've made it this far without getting pissed. Good for you. You have an open mind, but here's the <laughs> best is, is like, don't assume your kid is going to fit in that box. It is 100% okay yeah. for you. Absolutely. Like if, like we were talking to, when we very first started, like there is a lot of corporate folk around here, a lot. They, everything yeah. it is very weird to be self-employed. I am an outlier 10X yeah. in, in Texas. It's weird. Like you don't work for, well, how do you, what, like, how do, do you, you have vacation? I'm like, right. vacation whenever I want it. But, right. um, <laughs> but I think it's really important that people like 
in fact, I know a few who are having these massive feuds with their kids who graduated because they don't want to go to school. And it's like, it's tearing their family apart because they're so ingrained in this. This is you do a B C and D. And if you do E before B, you are out of, out of, uh, you know, out of line. And I think the message here is, is like, look, there's more one way to skin the cat. And with our kids, we have to have those laser line things, but you have, it's gotta be pretty wide. You, your job is to keep your kids, gotta be wide. Give, them, yep. give them a lot of right. leeway to find where they belong. Yeah. All right. Brotherhood or fatherhood real quick. As we wrap up, how can people support this thing? Cause I think you're doing amazing, uh, amazing service for the world and for fathers out there. And I, you know, I'm as supportive as I can be of your, absolutely of your mission and your movement. So how can people support it? Yeah. Well, let me tell you a little bit first. I, I want to go over a little sure. time here. Um, we're That's not, no, coach, we're not going to do the coaching thing. We're, we're, we may do groups and things like that. It's a podcast, brotherhood of fatherhood podcast right. where I talk to guys like you. We, uh, we also have a group on Facebook, brotherhood of fatherhood, like just check them out, subscribe. That's how you can, you can, um, be supportive. Our goal is to, quite honestly, is to connect men with guys like you. We know that there's guys out there working within our genius when they're, ge- they're genius. That's not my genius. I'm going to connect them with you where they should be. Yeah. I so I kind of feel like this conduit, like come listen to us. You'll, you'll get um, exposure to all these guys in this field. And uh, Hey, even if you want to email me, I'll tell you who the best of the best are. But uh, we also have an, uh, an event coming up in June. I know you do events and I just got, um, another update on one of our guests and uh love or hate joe rogan he's been on joe rogan at least six times and he's going to be speaking right. at our thing and we have uh dude the the lineup is insane and that's in june so watch out for that it's going to be a, a like a high-end men's weekend getaway where there's going to be some really killer things it's turning out to be so those let are us know how we can support you on that because yeah dude i, I Love or hate Joe Rogan. Joe Rogan's at the top of his fucking game. So you got to watch him. You got to love him because he's doing stuff that got him to the top of the game. That's the whole point. Like I may bring somebody to the table that you hate their concepts, but it does not matter. They're winning at what they're yeah. doing. <laughs> yeah. I'm not a huge fan of Grant Cardone because um, of the hustle and grind mentality. However, I am a huge fan of his philosophy around buying a home. I am a huge fan around his, the fact that he is now in really deep personal development trying to fix his shit. Again, yeah, I noticed that. Great. I love that. Yeah. 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 And that's, that's the point we want to bring men together and, um, elevate. So they be, get into the group brotherhood of fatherhood, or at least follow me, Scott Ramage, um, with two M's on Instagram or, or on Facebook so that you can see those updates because we're only going to take like 40 guys, this first one, and it's going to be incredible. So, uh, that's how you support is just watch for what's going on and uh, listen to the podcast and, and tune in. Great, man. This has been awesome. You and I could have just kept these mics open for like three. You know, I have to be careful how what I ask because I'm, I'm trying to figure out where it's going to go. But we went all over. We could that. probably talk for three fucking hours, <laughs> man, about. Yeah, and, it's, and it's important. It's important for other men to hear guys like us who are self-imposed or, or self-proclaimed uh, procla- leaders in this space or models. I think it's important for guys to hear, like, there's no right way. There's no, there is, there are wrong ways. I think there are ways that don't serve your children, but there are no right ways. It's just the way that serves them. And that is on you to understand your kid Mm -hmm. and work and meet them where they are. 
don't try and get them to bend to how you would do it or how you were. Or, they're not you. Even though my daughter is very much like me, she's not me. She's way more sensitive, way more aware, way smarter than I was. And I have to fuel that where she is, not where I want her to be. I'm not changing trajectory of her. I'm helping accelerate her on the path she's already on. Right. That's yeah. a big difference. That's Huge awesome. Difference. Yeah. That's power versus force. And we'll come back and talk about being amazing husbands and yeah. uh, all yeah. sorts of great things that we could go into because these are all passion points of mine, but I love just jamming with you. It's been awesome. Yeah, dude. We could do the Joe Rogan three and a half hour for sure. We could. I don't we know could, how many people would end up listening, but it would be great on my own. No, we'll have some drinks, smoke some <laughs> weed, just like Joe. We'll just, just see what happens. See what comes out. We'll talk about, be talking about aliens and all kinds of dark government <laughs> shit. <laughs> Those guys went way off topic at the oh, end. My. Oh my um, gosh. No, it's good. It's good. Scott, um, uh, thanks for being on, man. Really appreciate you and man. what you're doing for the world. And uh, audience, go out and support the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast and what Scott's doing. You can find it in the show notes. You can find it on uh, all of our social media. We'll have Brotherhood of Fatherhood. And then go check out this event that Scott's doing in June. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's it. That's a wrap. Right on. Audience, thanks for listening. We'll catch you on the next one.